Welcome, listener. You found the holiday 2021 episode of Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Robert Kerr here with you as always. Uh, happy to be hosting uh, the podcast that shines the light on all the aspects of soccer here in the Great Lakes State. Our best wishes to everyone in the holiday season. A special episode this week, as the majority of it is recorded on location at the Detroit City Clubhouse on the Boxing Day Watch Party Extravaganza on Sunday. Uh, an amazing event. Um, obviously limited a bit due to uh, current circumstances, but got to meet a lot of great people. A lot of people that I only know from social media interactions got to meet them in person. So uh, that was awesome to meet them. And we have some great audio from um, a number of Northern Guard and Detroit City FC stalwarts. Uh, we've got conversations with Craig Hearn, Mitch Gatsky, as well as uh, Mackie, who has since <laughs> had another major media event as a funny video of him at the Western Michigan Bowl game at Ford Field uh, within 48 hours of appearance on Michigan Soccer Central. Uh, go look that one up of uh, Mackie at Ford Field on the big screen. That's a pretty good one. Soccer news rolls on as any as always. New team coming into USL2. Um, movement on the women's side with uh, Detroit making it official going into the USLW League. And uh, we'll talk much more about those things and take a deep dive into UWS action in the new year. But uh, now I uh, wanted to say thanks to Detroit City, uh, Sean Mann, and the clubhouse for having us out there and giving us some bingo prizes and uh, really uh, taking care of us on Sunday. It was a great day of uh, watching soccer and meeting a lot of folks who support their teams from abroad as well as... Uh, support their team here locally so enjoy conversations we're starting off with mitch gatsky craig hearn mackie and then uh we finish it off with uh craig hearn once again so we zoom right over to the detroit city fc clubhouse boxing day uh, watch party extravaganza continues at uh, the Detroit City FC Fieldhouse. I'm happy to be joined by friend Mitch Gatsky. Uh, over 20 goals in that first game window. How are you enjoying uh, Boxing Day so far? Well, first of all, I just got to say I'm happy that we're here and able to have this. You know, COVID still very much a thing in our lives, and um, you know the ability to gather with friends and watch some Boxing Day football. Excellent. Excellent day, uh, excellent way to spend the day after Christmas, in my opinion. Um, you know, obviously postponements, cancellations with the games in the Premier League. We had to uh, push this party back a little bit, but <laughs> I think uh, 10 o'clock starts probably better for all of us than 7.30 anyway. Uh, a lot of excitement in that early window or that 10 o'clock window. I personally pretty happy. All the bets hit. Fantasy team's doing quite well. I had to captain Raheem Sterling this week, and he came through with two goals. So That'll do it. We're, we're looking up in the Fantasy Premier League and uh, went on 
City, Spurs, Arsenal, money line, goal props, everything hit. Literally, we're in the green. We're happy. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So I'm not betting on the NFL today. I'm well, not going to ruin it. Uh, to your point, yes, we are lucky to be here, and <laughs> we kind of—it's uh, been like half in, half out with some cancellations, some others. Yeah, uh, that would have been unreal to start at 7:30. All lie, like we plan to be here very, very early, and and I am disappointed not to have a Liverpool game because that's that's my side, and I was really looking forward to talking Liverpool. But I mean, 10 a.m. start is early enough uh, for us. But uh, so tons of games. Uh, tons of goals, actually. It was only four games, but over 20 goals. Uh, who are you rooting for today, other than your own personal interests, finances, and fantasies? Uh, well, I'm, I'm here to make an announcement, and it's been a long time coming. I've been a fan of the Premier League since the Leicester City uh, championship run. Honestly, uh, that's the year that I got attracted to the league, started following the league as a whole, but never really gravitated to one team. I didn't feel like I had a, a true rooting interest for one reason or another, but I'm here to say today that as of the past month or so, month and a half, I have really grown to love what Arsenal Football Club is doing. Name me one team in the Premier League right now that is more exciting, more on an upward trend, on the ascendancy, than Arsenal. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say, you really, that, that was not what I thought you were gonna say. That is not at all what you were gonna say. <laughs> um, they are definitely on the ascent, and things have turned around since playing the young players. But I think, Mitch, uh, you gotta be one of the very few people who have become a new Arsenal fan. Exactly. Uh, there was definitely a heyday about 15 years or so ago exactly. that like bred a whole generation of. Arsenal fans, so you, uh, that's surprising. That that's cool. So so this the, on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast is where Mitch Gatsy lays down his uh, supporterdom. I'm planting my flag. You know, in years past, I've rooted for Liverpool. I thought they were great. I have an appreciation for Manchester City because Pep is just otherworldly. What he's able to get his players to do, but I think going back to what you said. Arsenal obviously was at the top of the Prem for quite a long time, and that did, as you mentioned, breed a whole generation of fans. That's what made me shy away from them initially. I don't like to root for the top teams. I'm not a, a front runner like that. I can't, I can't jump on board when somebody's at the top of the league. But I feel like I'm getting in at the right time now, to where Mikel Arteta is doing the right things with the right players. They're fun to play with on FIFA. What else do you want? I mean, I mean, that's a big thing. FIFA is a big gateway for sure. And you're not wrong. Like, um, Arsenal was like kind of lingering on to past successes for a very long time, and it does actually truly feel like they've reset. We're turning the page, and I think looking back on it, we're gonna recognize the uh, kind of dismissal might not be the right word, but transitioning away from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as captain and kind of the behind-the-scenes things that have come up as a result of that. I think it, it truly is a, a turning of the page for the club and onwards and upwards. And that, that could be a, a, a feather in the cap of Arteta, to be honest. Like, he, he definitely weathered some storms in this transition period. And some say it's a kind of lucky that he, you know, 
without much choice he went to the youth and they've you know paid dividends and it'll be interesting like uh we were just discussing like how man city are so hungry and pep keeps all these world cast players just like so hungry and fighting for positions that like you know arsenal went so long without people fighting for positions and obama yang was almost I mean, from an outsider's perspective, like, was he the captain because he was their most famous player and they were like, please stay at our team, Obama Yang will make you captain. So it's interesting, like, that could be, like, the true, like, you know, page turner. Yeah, I think it, it truly is. I mean, when you look at just kind of the, the changing of the guard, if you will, you look at that squad, they're all, pretty much all under 25. And that, to me, is exciting. Finding a club that, again, is, is on the rise and not there yet, but you see the foundation, you see the building blocks that are clearly in place for this club to get in the top four this year, I'm calling it now, and, you know, maybe make some noise in the coming seasons. Chelsea look great, but I'm not so sure that they're as stable as we maybe thought that they were. We're going to find out here in a little bit as they come up against Villa, but I don't know. I, I just think, uh, you know, you, Man City, Liverpool, clearly the top class. Then you start to talk about Chelsea as that next tier. Beyond that, for me, it's Arsenal, and you can't really bring any other name. Maybe Spurs, maybe. For fourth, you mean? For fourth. Yeah, that, that's a great debate. Is uh, well, you're it's Arsenal, Spurs, Man United, probably Leicester and West Ham look like they're fading. Yep. West um, Ham is uh, they don't have the squad depth. I don't think they're going to try to compete in Europe and in the Prem. It's just not going to be able to work for them. I don't think they're there quite yet. I like what David Moyes is doing, but not enough firepower for me. Um, and Spurs, I'm still. They've got a lot to figure out. They've got a lot of pieces to that puzzle that I'm not sure Conte can put all together. You know, who are they going to offload in January or the next transfer window in the summer? There's a lot of unanswered questions still there for me, so up the gunners. So you're saying that you, you think that there's more squad depth at Arsenal than Leicester or West Ham? say depth more than more depth than Leicester I just think Leicester's a weird one this year they you you truly never know what you're gonna get and at the moment they're just giving up far too many goals they're kind of their calling card in past seasons going back to their championship run has been a strong defense especially in the central in, in the center back positions and central midfield they're just so solid that they're hard to break down, and the couple goals that they get from Vardy have always been enough. Vardy's getting older. You're seeing less playing time from him. They're bringing in Daka and Iheanacho, and I just don't see that same solid defense that's allowed them to not survive but thrive, actually. Come up just short of fourth in the last two seasons, but I just don't see them being able to uh, shut out opposing attacks enough to be able to keep pace. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm really glad that you threw down that gauntlet, Mitch Gatsky, the Arsenal fan, the Planting Gooner. My flag. And uh, I'm going to introduce uh, my next friend, uh, another uh, barfly here at the clubhouse. Um, Craig Hearn, you're probably upset uh, that we weren't talking about your side about uh, being in the 
the hunt for that fourth spot. Of course, uh, Craig, host of We Are Soccer, big time uh, Aston Villa fan. We did not include them in our little rundown of uh, candidates for fourth spot. Um, so we sit here after the first set of games. Uh, we're in the, the quiet before his Aston Villa takes on Chelsea. First, Craig, this is awesome that we're here together. Second, what do you think of not being included in that? And third, what do you uh, predict for this game, uh, Villa versus Chelsea? Rob, th first, thanks for having me. Yes, brilliant. We're down here. Absolutely love watching soccer in an atmosphere like this at uh, Detroit City FC Clubhouse. Uh, the first set of games, phenomenal. 20-some-odd uh, goals uh, in amongst those games. Uh, lots of goals, lots of action. Uh, Boxing Day, extravaganza watch party, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, no, nobody's thinking of Villa to finish in the top four at the moment, and I get it. Uh, obviously, we fired a manager, Dean Smith, a couple of months ago. Gerard's in now. He's doing very well. We're playing well. Will it continue? We'll see. I think Villa fans will just be happy to get into the top seven. You know, put, put us into Europe. Give us Europa. We'll, we'll be happy. Uh, anything above 10, and we'll be happy, right? Put us in that top seven, we'll be good. We get to top four, probably not. Uh, it's a long shot. Uh, Villa played Chelsea today, 12.30 Eastern time kickoff. Lineups are in. Pulisic starts for Chelsea. That's nice to see. Um, Chelsea have been out of form as of late. They've had a few COVID, a few uh, injuries as well. Um, so they might be ripe for the taking. If Villa can get three points today, I think they'll start being included in those top seven, top four uh, conversations. Villa today go with a little bit of an unusual lineup. Danny Ings and um, Ali Watkins both in the starting lineup. One will play high, one will play withdrawn. Uh, the Frenchman, which not a lot of people know about, Morgan Sanson, comes in as well. Uh, the, the, we're not missing any players due to COVID, but we are missing our coach, Steven Gerrard, out with COVID. So he will not be on the sideline today. Uh, yeah, he's been a huge addition. We chatted uh, when he was first appointed in your a little bit wary, but he's since uh, proved to be an, an amazing hire in his uh, first month or so, two months maybe. But uh, yeah, he's got to be a blow here today. Oh yeah, and without him on the sideline, it's going to be a miss for sure. He's the one um, who, who's got this team going. Uh, the, the players seem to want to run through a brick wall for him. Without him, uh, it's going to be a shame. Yeah, I, I mean, there you go. Under Gerard, we've had six matches, four wins, uh, 12 points. We're in the ninth at the moment, so it's been a great hire. We'll see if we can do it without him today. I know the backroom staff is, uh, has done a very nice job as well. We'll see if they can pick up the slack for, for Gerard. So we're 15 minutes out. Aston Villa hosts one of the, like, the clear top three teams. Uh, I'm going to bring you back after the game. <laughs> but with 15 minutes to go, what's your prediction here, Craig? I'm going to say there's going to be goals in this game. Villa give up goals, but they also score goals. Honestly, my heart wants to say we win, but my head says we probably draw 1-1, 2-2 maybe. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll hear you're, you're sounding very positive and optimistic. Both sides experimenting a little bit. Uh, kind of hard to put your finger on it, especially like you said, if there is ever a vulnerable period it's now because of the uncertainty of the moment and Chelsea I mean they looked unbeatable to a degree about you know previous to this last couple of weeks been drawing some games not getting the results so 
I see your point there, but wow, what a task. Yeah, the, the first three months of the season, Chelsea were, uh, I mean, world beaters. It would take, you know, hell and high water to beat them. But the last four weeks here, uh, they've struggled. They've had some injuries. Um, they've had some people out with COVID. People don't seem like they're grasping what Tuchel is selling at the moment. So if there's a time that I'd like to play Chelsea, it's right now. We'll, we'll see if we can do this task. And we're at home, so Villa should have the advantage there. What is the the, 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 the huge supporters end called in Villa? Oh, the whole ends? The whole ends. Yeah. So do, you, do they have that, that power to suck in some oh, goals? Absolutely. Uh, the whole ends actually one of the biggest stands in Europe behind a goal. Uh, not a lot of people know that. It, it is a, uh, it's a, Aston, a Villa Park where Aston Villa plays, a historic stadium. Holds about 40,000. They do have plans to up that to about 55,000 in the next several years. Um, but the stand behind the, uh, the, the goal is called the Holt End, and it is one of the biggest in Europe. So, um, yeah, it's, they, hopefully, they've all, hopefully all the fans have sobered up from Christmas Day and uh, they're ready to cheer on the Villa because uh, we're going to need it. Yeah, definitely a tradition. I mean, people like base their whole holidays around going to the game after from top teams all the way through non-leagues. Everybody, if they're not sick with the plague, they play a game on Boxing Day. Um, uh, I'm going to get your reaction after the game, but Pulisic starting up top. My last thought before we go, what do you think he does today? Pulisic always seems to score against the Villa, so I think he'll get a goal, unfortunately. Um, and good for him. You know, we want the Americans to succeed. Um, it can only help the U.S. men's national team if they're doing well. Uh, I do think he starts, uh, uh, he is starting, sorry, I do think he gets a goal. I think he plays well. Uh, as I said, traditionally, he he seems to get goals against the Villa for some reason. I don't know why, but that's the way it is. Yeah, that's a conflicting because we all want uh, Pulisic to do well, but uh, not necessarily against our own team. But uh, you got a uh, you got a, a glimmer in your eye now. Uh, we'll check back <laughs> with you after the game. We'll thank see you, you, Craig. Feeling in about an hour and a half, huh? Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Boxing Day watch party extravaganza continues halfway through. The Chelsea Aston Villa game, the middle game uh, of the middle game window, and uh, we're joined by another uh, patron of the Detroit City Clubhouse, Mr. Mackey. How you doing? Uh, awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, coming on to chat. We are halfway through the day. Uh, who are you here supporting? Uh, who are you here to watch here on the Boxing Day full of Premier League games? I'm here to watch Tottenham. You know. We had the 10 o'clock kickoff game. We played Crystal Palace, scored early. They got our early red card, so it was really just smooth sailing for Tottenham Hotspur this morning. It was awesome to see. You said you woke up not even knowing they're going to play. Yeah, you know there was the, the COVID question was in the air. You know I heard a report that they had the request to postpone it denied, and um, so you know I woke up this morning, eight in the morning, had to pick up some friends in Macomb County, uh, not knowing if Tottenham were going to play, but was still excited to come out here to the field house to you know get the Boxing Day atmosphere and see all the games going on on this uh, one of the best holidays for football fans for sure. Yeah, it's fun to be down here. Uh, we got a handful of friends in soccer around here. We got Christmas lights up and games and all the TVs. It really is fun to be here. Yeah, and we, like you said, we woke up. My, I'm a Liverpool guy. Uh, I didn't get to watch them this morning. Hey, you know, double-edged sword. We get some time off before we play Leicester on Tuesday. So Tottenham won. What did you make of that game? I, I just think, you know, it's more of the same from Antonio Conte. I mean, I felt like we were unlucky our last time out against Liverpool. I'm sure you were watching that game just as closely as I was. I feel like we missed a lot of really good chances that on another day maybe we finish. But, um, 
it, you know, we played well in that game, and that carried over into today. And I, I just, I'm so happy with the way Tottenham are playing. And going from, you know, on Halloween, not being optimistic about the club, losing 3-0 to United, uh, you know, to the next week having Conte, and now um, undefeated uh, in the Premier League since he's taken over, it's been incredible. It's kind of an unreal turnaround in a way because it looked like the end of an era that was just kind of crumbling there. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, you get like one of the top five. I think he's managers. the top three manager in the world. I think he's behind uh, Pep and Klopp, number three right there behind them, and and he's that good. I think honestly. Being a Spurs fan, um, how how did that uh, like? Was everyone just like over the moon when that happened? You know, the, the last two years have honestly been tough. I, I was never a fan of the Jose Mourinho reign. I, I tried to buy in a little bit just because you know it's your club and it's the club you support. You watch week in week out, but. You know, in my heart of hearts, I knew he, he was a manager that was, you know, maybe in the past he was one of the best in the world, but the main word that I hear Tottenham fans using is the phrase relevant. Conte is, is relevant now. His style of football is relevant now. He's a winner now, and um, he's a guy who, he gets the job done when he goes to places, and, and every day I wake up and I, I see the Conte cam that we do, him freaking out on the sideline. I see the interviews. I'm just so, like you said, over the moon about his appointment, and, and it's incredible what the players are doing uh, because they believe in him and they believe in his system, so it's awesome. We were talking earlier about the, the race for fourth, uh, the Arsenal championship, if you will. Do you feel that uh, Tottenham's well and truly a candidate for that spot? I really do. I mean, I think we're four points behind Arsenal, maybe five, and we have three games in hand on them. We've had a ton of games postponed, and... Uh, we play them in two weeks here uh, at home at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And, um, you know, you couple that with the fact that we're going to make January signings. Uh, I think we're a really big candidate for it. With West Ham slipping again today, uh, Chelsea being held to a draw at halftime. They haven't looked great recently. I think, you know, if you're looking at trends, I, th I think we're trending upward, whereas a lot of the people in our fight are either stagnating or trending downward a little bit. So you do think it's trending upward? Because I, I was, like I said, I think they were going down, but then, like, that obviously out of nowhere, you get this huge boost to the manager. Like, do you think player-wise, is there enough for where you say there's a future? I, I, you know, I, I've been saying it the whole time, you know, in the Nuno era, the, the Jose era, we have a good squad. We have good players. Players like, you know, I'm going to be honest, I, I kind of wrote off Harry Winks a little bit. I, I kind of wrote off players like Dele Ali, but... Um, and of course, it's just one game, the Liverpool game, but both those players looked incredible in that Liverpool game. And, and Harry Winks has been a player, and Eric Dyer as a center back, has been a player that we've always known there's something there, but there's not been a manager or a system that suited them. And Conte's the type of guy where he'll come in, he'll take stock of what he has, and he'll make adjustments based on that. So um, I really do think that Tottenham are, are in a really good spot to get top four. You know, it's going to be close. It's going to go down to the last day with United coming back a little bit, but um, I, I think Tottenham have a really good shot to get top four and be in the Champions League again next season. I see uh, you and your uh, buddies, you said you collected some friends. Uh, what are you building over there with those empties? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're constructing a, a pyramid of sorts of uh, Strohs, you know, supporting local business and stuff like that. But uh, me and my friend Chris, he's a Manchester City fan. We give him a hard time for that. Uh, you know, we come every year here to Boxing Day and... Uh, our other friend Tyler's in town from Chicago, our other friend Luigi's, you know, in town as always. So um, just bringing everybody out, trying to support the Detroit City Fieldhouse, you know, watching soccer on Boxing Day with friends. That's what it's all about, right? That's cool that you've been coming here for a couple of years. Yeah. That That's rad. Um, so as someone who's clearly and obviously uh, a Michigan soccer supporter, yeah. 
how, how do you how do you balance that with uh, your fandom of like watching from afar? Yeah, with Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, so you know, the thing Tottenham was got, got me into the sport, uh, and I'm a huge DCFC fan. Was fortunate enough over the summer to work for them, and, and I'm so blessed about that. But um, my love for DCFC wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Tottenham getting me into the sport. Um, so. You know, a lot of people, they, they struggle with that balance, right, of, of watching from afar and then being so attached to, like, a local club. Uh, but for me, it makes me more thankful for DCFC and more thankful for Tottenham because of, of how I got here with both clubs. So so you're saying, like, so the stuff that is accessible on television was kind of like the gateway to your local yeah. grassroots supporterhood? Yeah, yeah, most certainly. I mean, you know, it's so, much, it's so easy to watch soccer now in America, right? And it, it, it's with Peacock, things of that nature, with... Uh, you know, the different streaming services, it's just so easy. And I'm, I'm blessed by that because it, it showed me the sport and then I was able to take it to that next level by finding a local club that I could become attached to, become involved with. And uh, it's been an awesome journey for sure. So what do you want to see from the rest of the day here on Boxing Day? We have the second half of Chelsea Villa, which is uh, tied at one apiece at the break. And then we have the, uh, the one we're all waiting for, Brighton and Brentford, to round it all up. Where do you, what do you think uh, we're we going to see from here on out? I would like to see, you know, maybe five more corners from this uh, Chelsea-Aston Villa game. Uh, you know, recreational sports betting going on a little bit. You know, I was never Oh, five really, corners is a big thing. Yeah, I, I was never really into it before, but then, uh, you know, I figured, you know, if I'm watching these games anyways, might as well throw three, four dollars on stuff. And uh, uh, so, yeah, we're hoping for five more corners in the second half. And, uh a goal from a, a team that I'm not going to name because I don't want to, you know, embarrass myself here. But, uh, yeah, a couple more corners and a goal from uh, a team wearing yellow, perhaps. So we'll see. Team wearing yellow. Mackie, thank you so much for joining uh, Michigan Soccer Central Appreciate Podcast. It. Appreciate it. Uh, Aston Villa 1, Chelsea 3. Uh, that was close at halftime 1-1, one, one, but it didn't end up being that close, Craig. Yeah, no, not not the not the performance we were hoping for as Villa fans. Um, Chelsea were the better team on the day. They were more organized. They at halftime made changes, and then the second half, Villa couldn't deal with it. They didn't know what was going on and uh, didn't adjust very well themselves. So uh, Chelsea deserved all three points, to be honest. Do you think that uh, there would have been any difference had Gerard been on the bench? I think there may have been a small difference. I don't know if the result would have, you know, if we would have won whether Gerard was there. But um, yeah, I don't, Chelsea is just such a strong team. You know, I know they've had a couple of weeks and games where they've been poor and had a poor run of results, but they're just such a good team and they can change things up. I mean, when you can bring in a hundred million pound striker off your bench at halftime to change the game, there's something uh, there's something to be said there. So it, it, the result. You know, like I said, it's a it's a fair result. Chelsea deserved all three points. Uh, yeah, we're sitting here after what well, we watched two full games. There's five games so far. We're probably almost near 30 goals. So Boxing Day, while it was a little bit weird with uh, COVID here, obviously locally, and then games being kind of up in the air. Uh, I mean, we plenty got a bang for our buck for entertainment so far. Absolutely, we've seen a half full of goals today. Uh, definitely got our, our money's worth sitting down here at Detroit City FC Clubhouse. All the games are on the TVs. I mean, every t- every couple of minutes you turn around, there's a goal and another game, and people were cheering. 
uh, definitely a, a good boxing day, you know. Yeah, and did you get a picture? We had a beer pyramid. I did, yeah. We got a beer pyramid in the corner. There must have been about a dozen cans there, the three or four boys. Uh, yeah, that was good. I got a picture of it. We'll post and tag everybody in that. It was That was good. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, good to see the youngsters having fun. Yeah. Um, boxing day, soccer. Just uh, I was not quite in my pajamas, but it definitely had a very chill vibe today. We got to just hang out, friends in soccer, watching the game. Yeah, we had a lot of people come down and watch. We had, uh, I don't know, 50, 60 people in total, I think, visit the clubhouse, watch all the games. It was good. Um, yeah, and just entertainment, right? Just great, great soccer, uh, good crowd. Food was excellent as well, by the way. I love the food here, the pies and the, the stuff they do. So good day overall. Yeah, I had a pie and some tendies today, and uh, we got to shoot the breeze with some kids and give away some... some uh, Detroit City swag too, so that was pretty cool. Um, I talked to Mackie about it a little bit earlier. Uh, as far as like balancing fandom, you're rocking the Villa, but uh, obviously you're a uh, big Michigan soccer guy. Uh, how, how do you balance those passions? Uh, Villa come first, so in my life it's Villa first, but it was good to see Pulisic start today. He didn't quite get into the game, I think, as much as he was hoping. Uh, the first half he played as that true number nine up top. Uh, didn't do very much for, for Chelsea. Uh, and then at halftime they moved Christian Pulisic out wide right, which um, I think they were hoping he'd get the ball more, run down and cut in and shoot, but didn't do that. Uh, he had a very quiet match. He had a very quiet match, but he's starting. He, he, as long as he can keep getting more minutes, I think that's the goal for him. Uh, so it's good to see him on the field there. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't actually, honestly, other than just like being in the background of shots, I can't actually remember him being on the ball, sadly enough. Yeah, he uh, very, very uh, quiet game for his standards. There's rumors, obviously, of him moving on in, uh, in the January window. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. It may happen in the summer. Um, but it'll be a large move if that happens. But I don't see him moving. I think he'll stick it out for the next six months. He'll, he'll do all right. He'll be good. He'll, he'll be fine. That's one of the reasons I'm really glad we did this event is because uh, we usually talk Michigan soccer, but uh, obviously I watch a lot of Premier League too, so it's good to shoot the breeze about this stuff that we watch on television. And on the subject of Pulisic, it's like what really could be a positive move for him. Really, he's in one of like probably the three hardest teams to break into, and he still gets minutes while it's not like perfect. He's mostly not gotten minutes due to like his own injuries. Right. I don't know how much of his lack of playing time is really due to his own performances. Absolutely. Before he got injured, he was starting and, and getting a lot of minutes. Um, and then obviously he got injured, went on tour with uh, the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, a high ankle sprain, I believe it was. That's kept him out for kept him out for six, eight, ten weeks or something like that. It was a bad one. Um, yeah, he. It's just bad luck. He might not, you know how ankle injuries are. Ankle injuries are really tough to come back from. Uh, might still be some lingering effects there. And uh, he'll be back fine. He'll be, he'll, he'll be better for it, trust me. Him being at Chelsea is a great thing for U.S. Men's National Team Soccer. He is playing, like you said, top three teams in the world right now. I mean, they're such a tough team to, to, play, to get into. So it's a good thing. It's a great thing for him. He'll be better for it. He's still young. He's still really super young. Yeah, and this could just be like the preamble to like a chapter of greatness. I mean, honestly, like if he stays healthy, there's not. I mean, it's basically all comes down to his health. Um, 
and going elsewhere, like even if he is playing a lot, I mean, does that really do anything different? Like probably people that are upset about it are looking at it from the lens of, oh, we want him to be playing every week for the men's national team. And it's like, really? He's playing, I mean, there really isn't a higher level, honestly, at the moment. I mean, I guess he could be on Manchester City, but he's going to get even less playing time there. Um, but if he is playing every week, I guess that even elevates his possibilities of being injured and not available. So really, there isn't really a movie you could say that would like up his value or up his situation. I agree. I think he's in the best position for himself right now. A team that's tough to get into. You got to you got to train really hard and train at a high level just to be able to get minutes on the field. I think there is four weeks right now until the next U.S. Men's National Team World Cup qualifier. So we need Pulisic to get on the field, get minutes, get his head right, get everything right physically, and then come into the World Cup qualifiers. And we got some big games coming up, and we need him to do we need him to do what he does best because when he's on the field. And he's flying. Uh, he is a game changer. He can definitely be a game winner at any point. And I hope that the USA finds nine because we've seen in spurts when he's been healthy, like when he had a rock solid nine, like when Giroud was in the team. My actual favorite period of watching Pulisic was when him, William, and Giroud were the front three for Chelsea during like Project Restart. And that combination of having someone that could, uh, you know, cover ground like Willian and then also that number nine like Giroud. Actually, I thought that him and Lukaku would develop a thing, but that hasn't really uh, developed so far. Yeah, that so hasn't far. come to fruition because I absolutely agree. When he's got a true number nine ahead of him to hold up the ball or flick the ball on or take a defender away with a run, that's when you see the true Christian Pulisic. You let him run at people one-on-one, and that's that's when the true Christian Pulisic, the, the best of Christian Pulisic comes out. I 100% agree with you. It, hopefully, uh, I know I know uh, Lukaku's had some injuries recently, and then he had COVID as well. So uh, those injuries, maybe they just haven't been able to form that bond, Lukaku and Pulisic, yet. But hopefully in the second half of the season they do, because um, it can only be a good thing. I got one more question for you, and then I'm going to let you go. We, we all have family time to get to. But the burning question is, who wins, Burn, uh, Brentford or Brighton? <laughs> Brighton have been on a real big slide as of late. I think uh, I think they might be they might have they're 0 for 10 in their last 10 games. Uh, they haven't won one. I think uh, I think Brentford come out today in this this game. I think Brentford get it done. Um, they they are a good team. They yeah they'll get it done today. I think Brentford. I would put Brentford uh, for the win. Thanks, Craig. Uh, I really appreciate. It. I'm really glad we got to do this uh, Boxing Day watch party together. Absolutely, we'll have to do another one soon, my friend. Mexican Taco Cyclone!